0: Week six, sacrifice, sacrifice. We are called to build the place that God dwells, the temple of God. And for too long, we have looked at the temple as a building or an organization, but the temple is simply the people. We are where he dwells. So to think that you need to get into the presence, you have a very small idea of who God is because you can't escape it. The question is, do you have a mindset and a realization that he is everywhere because you're simply there? He dwells in us. The, the, I, I, I think we need to shift our mindset that there is not a certain place that is more holy than any other. The only thing that marks a place as holy is when you walk into a room. You're blessed to be a blessing. The Spirit of God dwells within you. There is nothing more holy about relentless than um, than the the... the, the or anything less holy about this place than, and some of you may not like this, the place where Jesus was crucified. Because he's just as much here as he was there. Yes. And that's tough for some of you, and hopefully you'll, you'll receive that, and if you won't receive it, I'm just going to pray that you get it, that he is everywhere, and the where he is is holy. It's set apart. It's something good. And he says that there is a certain way to build his holy place. And that's what we're looking at, how to build the temple of God, how to build his church, the ecclesia, the ecclesia, a body appointed and authorized to represent and govern. And I don't believe every body called church has walked into this ecclesia identity, but as the leader of this house, I want to, I know I want to walk into an ecclesia idea that we are who God has called to govern and rule under his headship. We we may not be able to change those seated in the political government, but an ecclesia of God doesn't need governmental agreement because we represent them. They don't represent us. That didn't land with some of you. We represent them. They don't represent us. The world's not in the hands of Democrats, liberals, or Republicans. It's in the hands of the people of God bringing heaven to earth in such a way that the evidence of him will not be able to be ignored. And I have fallen in that trap of getting very, very political from the pulpit, and I probably may go there at times, even though I'm telling you right now I shouldn't. And I'm going to try not to, but we've got to realize that who he is and what he wants to do is way bigger than any hands of any leader. Yes. We, are the, we are the remnant. We are the people of God. We are the ones that are called to bring forth change. Amen? Amen. Yes. And I believe we've got to start building the church like he says. We've, we've talked about fellowship and prayer and submission and discipline and oneness, and tonight we're talking about sacrifice. And I just want to start with a very simple question. How many of you want to see a significant move of God? Yes. Amen. <clears throat> I, I mean like, like never before. Like salvations, healings, miracles, signs, wonders. I'm talking like something significant that's not going to pass us by, that we are going to move wherever it moves. Yes. How many of you really want to see that? Well, if we're going to see that, we have got to be on fire for God. We've got to be on fire for God. Not just a spark here and there. Not just, wow, that was a really good service Saturday night. Someone got saved. I'm talking about every time we come together, we move from glory to glory to glory. Do y'all feel that? Like, like I, 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 I want to see a church burning. And, and there's actually scripture for it. Romans 12, 11 in the Amplified Version says this, Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. So for those that tell you that burning for God is emotional, they're dumb. (laughs) And when I say dumb, I don't mean stupid. I mean they're unaware. They're ignorant. They don't understand what the Word is saying. There is a call to be on fire for God. There is a call to burn with passion for the Lord. And I can't say that corporately we're all burning with passion for the Lord. Because I see some of you burning with more passions for a touchdown than saying the name of Jesus. Right? And some of you are like, wow, that's really offensive. And I'm like, you're welcome because I I, want to help us get to the place where we are burning with passion for God. That Jesus is actually all we need and enough for us. Yeah. There's, wh- there's whispers going on because some of you have heard my position on it. And I, I, I might give it, I might not. But, you know, fall's coming up and Halloween's coming up. And, and people are divided on should we celebrate it, should we not. I have my convictions. I don't believe we should. Some of you are doing it. That's not the point. What's my point? We should be burning with so much passion that the question, should we or should we not, is not even entertained because we're too consumed with going after Him. Right? Like, like building a culture where kids, when everyone else goes trick-or-treating, they say, Mom, Dad, can we go to church and pray? I'm talking about burning for God. Right? Like, where, where there is no other option in our mind. And in order to burn with the Spirit of God, to burn with passion, something is required. Leviticus 6, 8 through 9. The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. Everyone say offering. Offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning, and the fire on the altar must keep burning all night. Not just light it up and let it burn once, but it's got to do what? Keep burning all night. In order for there to be fire, there must be something offered for fire to consume. In order for there to be be fire, there must be something offered for the fire to consume. And there was a law called the law of the burnt offering. Basically, an animal had to remain upon the altar in a slow burn for a really long time, and it had to be tended by the priest. Continually tended, over and over. What was the instruction? Don't let it stop burning. Well, in verses 12 and 13, it says this, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must what? Never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Never go out. And then, in chap- don't throw it up there yet, in chapter 9, the priests take all these instructions. And they actually start doing this. They start building this altar according to the pattern that God gave. They're bringing the the offering to be burned. They're they're bringing it to the altar. So they're making all these preparations. And If you want to read it in Leviticus chapter 6, there's a lot of detail with it. But they're they're getting all this stuff together after getting the instructions. They bring the offering to the altar. And watch what happens in Leviticus chapter 9 verse 24. It says, Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence... Not from a match. From the Lord's presence. Not from the trendy song. (laughs) Did y'all notice we had salvation with acapella hymn? Not new Brandon Lake. Even though I love his songs. But it's it's not about the song. It's about a people burning with passion saying, Lord. Right? Right? What what am I doing? Fire blazed forth from... I've got the stuttering Moses anointing. Fire blazed (laughs) forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. And when the people saw it, they shouted with joy and they fell face down the ground. Well, what happened? The priests were following the instruction of God to bring the offering. And when they had brought the offering Fire fell from heaven and consumed it. Well, Revelation 1.6 says that he has made us kings and what? Priests. priests. There is a responsibility put on the people of God, the kings and the priests, to, 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 to make sure that, the, that, that there is an appropriate offering so that fire from the heaven can fall down and consume the offering, or better yet called a sacrifice. Our job is to offer something to feed the fire of God. A sacrifice so that fire can consume it. We want to burn and we want to see a church on fire, but church don't get on fire without sacrifice. Sacrifice is not optional. I believe sacrifice is pivotal. And, to, and we have, church culture has shifted to building something that is pleasing to the world when we're supposed to be building something that is not like the world. I, 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 I saw this earlier on a post and I liked it. It said, church is for Christians, not the world. Why are pastors worried about the world feeling uncomfortable in church when Christians have to feel uncomfortable everywhere we go in the world? I like that because we're trying to make this appeal to the world. But this is for the people of God to come together to go e- affect the world right? We need sacrifice. And we've needed it from the beginning. If you remember in a a book called Genesis, Adam and Eve sinned. They realized they were naked. And what was the first thing they did? They covered themselves, right? But watch this in Genesis chapter three, verse 20. It says, the man Adam named his wife Eve. That's interesting. That's another message. Because she would be the mother of all who live. Now watch this. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. A covering was provided. Because we cannot cover ourselves. They covered themselves with leaves and God said that's not appropriate. Appropriate covering was not by the leaves. The appropriate covering came from the sacrifice of an animal. What, what were they covered with? Animal skins. By the sacrifice of animals from God, he presented a covering. That is why Jesus is known as the Lamb that was slain, because they were covered by the sacrifice of a lamb. And when they were covered by the sacrifice of a lamb, in Acts 2, what happened in the upper room? It said tongues as of fire appeared above their head. Because in a moment, they were appropriately covered to be consumed by the fire of God. There is so much that can be covered in a culture of sacrifice, including a covering of God that is the, that is the fire from heaven over his church. Can you imagine a day where we became more about what we could give up than what we're trying to get? And that's how we shop for church. What am I getting out of it? Versus, what, what, what is there for me to give into it? What, what is there for me to, to serve? Are there opportunities presented for me to present myself as a sacrifice for God in this house? People, w- 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 there's, there is such a power in sacrifice in the covering of God where people will forget who we are as sinners, and see us as a people who've been presented as worthy to set ablaze because we're no longer identified in the sin, we're identified in the ultimate sacrifice of the lamb that was slain. You are not identified by your sin, you are identified or covered in the sacrifice, the one and only sacrifice you will ever need, the lamb that was slain, Jesus Christ. You're covered forever. And because he's the perfect lamb that was slain, God no longer requires the work of an animal sacrifice. Rather, he requires a sacrifice of obedience. Obedience. Which we actually see in Genesis. Again. (laughs) Abraham was being obedient in the most offensive request from God. He said, give up your son." And and, and some of you have heard this, but I'm going to read these three verses in Genesis 22, 15 through 18. It says, the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you've obeyed me. Why? Because what? He obeyed God and have not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. Catch that. You obeyed, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you because of your what? Willing to sacrifice. No, you're good. I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. Listen to this. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed all all because... You've obeyed me. When you are obedient to the sacrifice asked of you, the promise is blessing. And whatever God blesses, the enemy doesn't stand a chance. That is why his descendants conquered the cities of their enemies. Because they were blessed to do it. And I believe there are so many of us looking for these breakthroughs in life. And we're trying to get the breakthrough and get the deliverance and and get the thing. And God says the best way to get it it's for me to bless you, and I will bless you in your sacrifice. Yes. I will bless you in a sacrifice of obedience. And we have become victims of the strategies of the enemy when in truth we have been called as the ecclesia, governing priests and kings, that tells the enemy where he can and cannot go. Did you all hear me? We are called to tell the enemy where he can and cannot go. If he is defeated, why do you still think he stands a chance in the fight? That's right. Yes Let me go further. This is my personal conviction. If you don't agree, it's OK. But just hear me out. Did y'all, did y'all hear that? Before I get emails and texts, this is my <laughs> personal conviction, but I want to give you some examples. I am one that I used to love Halloween, and I just don't celebrate it anymore. I just, I just don't do it. But there are other people who may in such a way. Maybe they don't celebrate the holiday, but they love to decorate, right? And we'll go into places and see these decorations, and the first thing we do is judge their spiritual maturity because of decorations. But according to my Bible, when I walk into a room, everything changes. So whatever, if there was power in any decor, when I'm in there, there's no more weight to it. Perhaps that's why Jesus says, y'all stay in these cathedrals, I'm going to the streets because I'm going to go into the place that needs to be changed instead of building myself in four walls, keeping myself from the things that I'm called to affect. Right? We're called to change things, not hide from them. And you can't change it if you're not in the midst of it. There's a difference between celebrating it and being around it. Okay. That's my rant for the night. We are to be the governing priests and kings that tells the enemy where he is where he can and cannot go and let's just make that real. He can't go anywhere. That's that's our that's our goal, right? Yeah. And that's not be and it's not because it's not happening not because we don't know scripture. A lot of us know the scripture. Maybe you don't. Okay, well, it's not, it's, it's not happening because we're not gathering to worship. We're gathering to worship every Saturday or other churches every Sunday. It's not because we're not getting good preaching. I mean, I, I think it's good. And there's a lot of good preaching other places if you're not getting it here. It's not because of the lack of those things. What is the lack? It's obedience to a sacrifice. Right? Romans 12, 1. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a what? A living and holy sacrifice. The kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. He says, brothers and sisters, remember our duties as priests. Present a sacrifice, but now that we are made worthy by the blood, Our body is the worthy sacrifice. We no longer have to go find the lamb. We don't have to go find any animal. He says, the sacrifice I need for my fire to fall down is you. You're worthy for it. He says, I want the body. That doesn't mean your flesh. It's a word that means I want everything about you. I want your body. I want your mind. I want your soul. I want your spirit. I want everything. God wants you, not just your work not just the service of showing up on a weekend, not just the service of leading worship, not just the service of praying. He says, I need all of you. I want everything you got. He he, he says, let what you bring be a living sacrifice. But in order for something to be living, it first has to die, according to kingdom culture. Because we don't come alive in Christ until we die to ourselves and say yes to him. He says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. With me, he says, you don't stay dead. In sacrificing yourself, you actually come more into the identity of who you truly are living, ongoing, or an ongoing sacrifice that the priests are to keep tending to to keep the fire burning. So he says, You want to keep the fire burning? Be a living sacrifice meaning it's not a one and done when you get saved. It is sacrificed more and more every day and every minute. You sacrifice your reaction to the, to, 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 to the, the comment, right? You sacrifice your need to be justified for the justification of the Lord, for the glory of God. You sacrifice your ways for His ways, right? You sacrifice everything for the glory of God. Sacrifice is living because it's brought to life when given at the altar of God's presence, which is everywhere. So sacrifice isn't just to commit to believing, but it's everything about you presents as an offering to God. Which brings us to the next verse, which is how the church will start burning even more. You ready for it? Don't copy the ways of the world. If you ever have a question about what you should agree with or not, it's very simple. Don't copy the ways of the world. Amen. Yeah, but I like sacrifice. <laughs> sacrifice is not just what you want to. It's sacrifice wherever the Lord is calling you to. Some of y'all need to sacrifice some theology. <laughs> It's, it's amazing to me in a house where we see healings, people still argue with the theological preaching. We're seeing manifestations and you're telling people where they're wrong in they're thinking? That's called the old wine skin, which is not going to contain new wine. And you know what sacrifice also is? Even the person teaching being willing to say, you know what, I may have some things wrong that I need to continual sacrifice so that I can figure out what's right and truth. Yeah. You see, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a lording over Kyle over the congregation. It is a corporate family of believers saying, Lord, we're willing to sacrifice anything, anything for the sake of truth. Amen. Right? Is this okay? Yes. I couldn't go through a message without saying that. <laughs> Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You don't become new until you start changing how you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I believe we're not seeing the fire of God consume us because we don't want to sacrifice the behaviors and the customs of the world. Because we prostitute and pervert grace thinking it doesn't require sacrifice. Well, I'm saved, so I can do whatever I want, and it don't matter. Well, it might not matter to you, but God looks at your unwillingness to sacrifice, and he holds back the consumption of fire. And that's why we have a lot of believers who have no, who don't have any evidence of supernatural in their lives because we're not willing to continually sacrifice. Guarantee you, anyone that has a breakthrough will... Will, will say, because I sacrificed this, God showed me that. That's right. The church is trying to be relevant to a way that is actually exactly what we are to sacrifice. Like, like, like a lot of us don't want to sacrifice our time. So it, it's harder to grow something like this, where the service has a possibility of going three hours. But, like, right now, we're almost at 2, and I'm only on page 4 of 10. Amen. And, and, and I, I was listening to, to a preacher. Actually, he was, so some, of the, some people went to a Jesus Image conference this weekend, and, and they got on fire, and, you know, they're being offensive and stuff. And um, so I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was looking at the preacher, and I was listening to some of his stuff. That's a joke, by the way. And, and this is what he said. Uh, apparently, um, or one of them told me this. He was talking to all these pastors and they said to him, they said, hey, how, do, how, how, do you, how is it okay that you find people who are willing to go three and four hours? Why do, why do you go three and four hours in a service? And he says, well, I'd rather people leave than God. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't mean that you don't want God if you have to leave at hour two. Right. It just, we're, we're okay with if you leave at hour two while others press into hour three and four. And it doesn't make them more holy. It's just they need, they, they, they need to press in. Like, we have to build a culture where we're okay with the one, the two, the three, or the four. And you're not more holy if you stay four and you left because you left at one. That, that, that's, not, that's not a mark of holiness. It's just, Lord, I'm willing to press in with whatever time it takes. That's the culture. Is that okay? That well, we, we need to make sure what, where we're going in this shift is if God calls us to six hours, you are totally okay if you left at two because no one's going to judge you for the two. Right? And we're willing to, to serve and sacrifice our time if we have to keep this place open for another five. Is this okay? Because we're, we're presenting a, an offering to God of time, so he'll go, Right? Is that, is that making, I, okay. Where, where am I at? You will be ever confused about the will of God for your life if you don't sacrifice familiar for unfamiliar. Sacrifice isn't when you understand it and accept it. It's obedience even to things that we do not, do not understand. Abraham was obedient to the, to, to, and he did not understand why he had to give up his son but he didn't need to understand to move. Let me say that again. He didn't need to understand why to move on the obedience. And a lot of people are trying to understand before we go, and God says, that's not sacrifice. Are we willing to be a people that lock arms together so much that we're willing to go wherever God says to go, and if we get it wrong, we get it wrong and shift? And if we get it right, we get it right and shift. Like are we like a a, tr- a, tr- a true family of believers where we're not we're not consumed in being perfect, we're, we're consumed in our identity as perfected, and we're willing to go wherever God says. And, and, it, and if you call me your leader, then you're trusting that even though I may get some things wrong, that the biggest thing that I hold at the forefront of importance is, God, where do you want to shift us to? And if it shifts us to a place that's unfamiliar, are you trusting enough to sacrifice your familiar for an unfamiliar vision? And maybe that's why the Lord has told me don't ever have another Saturday gathering without presenting the gospel because we can't go to unfamiliar without first introducing people to the door. I don't know. uh, hmm. Abraham put his faith in obedience because faith without works dead. He he wants us to be a living sacrifice. It's not enough to have faith. You have to put action to what you have faith in. You are transformed by changing the way you think. And changing the way you think is accompanied with obedience that doesn't hinge on our understanding. When you sacrifice your understanding, you'll begin to see a great harvest in your life. Let me read John 12, 24. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. God wants a sacrifice of our living selves for the plentiful harvest of many. In other words, if you stay where you're at, that's not going to be much of a harvest. But if you're willing to die to yourself more every day, that is going to produce a harvest of of lives. You get that? Yes. Dying to you isn't just, dying to yourself isn't even just about you. It, it, you, you. Your sacrifice could be the very seed needed for someone else's breakthrough because we are one. The sacrifice of your opinion could lead to open doors your opinion couldn't hold a key to. Maybe I should say that again. I I, I jumped out of my seat when God told me to write that down. The sacrifice of your opinion could lead to open doors your opinion cannot hold a key for. For instance, going back to my position about a holiday, there are some times where they don't need to know my position so that they can hear the word. And the church gets so caught up in making positions known, that you lose entrance to a door of receiving what you've got to say about God. The sacrifice of the holiday may be step 25 in their steps 1 through 25, but you're consumed with 25 and not step 1. Present to them the word of God. Do you care about getting your opinion across and your convictions across, or do you care about them having a relationship with the one and only Yahweh? I'm learning more and more, I become more effective when I just shut up. What I, the old me that I need to die to. Right? <laughs> the sacrifice of the celebration of worldly festivals and holidays could lead to a conversation you would never have. The sacrifice of your ways and your thinking. What if, what if the colonel... To be buried in the ground as the gas you sacrificed to be here on Saturday night. What if the kernel is the sacrifice of other activities so that you can be here and worship with the family of God? And no, I am not, you know, like uh, uh, blasting you from missing on Saturdays. That's that's not the point of it. Don't don't hear me on that. I'm talking about is is there a time when you want to do something when the Holy Spirit says not today? That's what I'm talking about. What if the kernel is the tithe offering? What if the colonel is getting in a house gathering, supporting the vision rather than coming up with a thousand excuses as to why you don't like it? Is that too much? What if the colonel is your likes and dislikes and opinions? And again, I'm saying what if, because I'm not, I'm not trying to give you the recipe for your breakthrough. I'm telling you to listen to the Holy Spirit about what you need to sacrifice. So don't, don't get offended and hear the wrong thing come out. No, I'm saying, listen to the Holy Spirit of what you are called to sacrifice for a certain thing. We are the priests. Let us become the thing that God wants to consume with fire. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest, and through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Listen to this. The church is a spiritual house and priesthood where spiritual sacrifices are offered. As the Father sacrificed Christ for us, we are in turn to offer sacrifices for him. This is, this is what I want to get to. Stones, who are the stones? We are. Stones operate in union when we offer sacrifice just as the chief cornerstone offered first. If he is the cornerstone, every stone has to be in alignment with that cornerstone in order for it to be built. So he says, in order for you to be in alignment with the chief cornerstone, you've got to offer sacrifice just as he did. The temple or the church will look like a culture of heaven when we present a sacrifice that demands heaven to break through our atmosphere. Because when he sees it, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is so jealous for that offering, he comes down to burn it right up. Let let me explain what happened in here tonight so that we understand where to shift. We were up here singing songs, and in a moment, music stopped, and we kept saying, um, Spirit and the bride say come, Spirit and the bride say come, Spirit and the bride say come. Then we went to that hymn, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. We just kept singing and singing and singing. And then when we stopped singing, you all started shouting. There was, a, there, there was a sacrifice in that moment that we weren't aware of. We, we, we were sacrificing the, the musical plans. We were sacrificing the order of worship. We were sacrificing comfortability because some of you were shouting that I have never shouted before. Some of you were singing out loud that never sang before. It, that, there was stuff going on that we didn't realize. And when God looked down, he, he said, oh, I want to burn that. And then all of a sudden someone said yes to Jesus. Now, here's where we would get it wrong coming back next Saturday and planning to do that again, thinking, man, if we just start singing hymns again, and I guarantee you, some of you probably started thinking that, and you're going to write an email saying, hey, Kyle, we should start singing a hymn again. It's not about the style. It's not about the song. It's not about the acapella. It's about in a moment, are we willing to say whatever the Lord wants? And if we would say yes to whatever the Lord wants in a moment, he says, that's what I want to burn up. I am jealous for that. And if we would do that individually with everything of our lives, with our taste, our opinion, our likes and our dislikes and everything about us, God would burn it up. And when we came together on a Saturday, the worship team wouldn't have time to start because the moment you come in, it would have already started. Like, that's what God wants to burn up. Well, like Well, I, I see a day, I'm going to prophesy, I, 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 I see a day where we will come in and the, the countdown starts, but before the, count, the countdown starts, maybe even no more countdown, I don't know, but before that even begins, people will be walking around here just, Lord, yeah. praying, yeah. expecting. Yeah. Not waiting on a service to start, but start giving service to the Lord Almighty. What service? Here's my offering, God. Here is my sacrifice. Here is my praise. I don't need the first song to start for me to start singing praises to you. I came here for a corporate gathering of here's the offering. Here's the offering. So, you know what's going to bring that? When we start coming in here expectant, not just I can't wait for the worship team's going to do. I can't wait for what Pastor Kyle's about to bring. It's when you come in, you start saying, Lord, here I am. And you start praying. And maybe you pray in tongues. Maybe you pray in English. Maybe you pray in Spanish. Maybe you pray in French. Maybe you start singing nothing but the blood maybe you start singing I'll fly away maybe you start singing gratitude I don't know what it is but we come in here saying Lord hear yes. 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 Uh, gone, Ephesians five twenty five. for husbands this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church he gave up his life for her did you catch that God loved us so much that he gave his life for us. To build the church, we have to love the church in the same way Jesus loved the church. It's not enough to give your money or your time. You've got to give all of yourself. Sacrifice of your prayer time, coming together. Even even if you don't agree with the style of the prayer. Well, I just don't like that environment. So, pray. Pray. I just get uncomfortable. Sacrifice your comfortability and come together and pray. When two or more come together. Uh, Sacrifice of talents. You give what you've got because you want to build the house. The sacrifice of resources. We want to see a day where the people of God have no need. It takes resource to do that. We can't meet needs if people aren't giving. We can't develop gifts if you're not serving. And we can't do anything without prayer. A lot of times we don't sacrifice because we don't truly have a love for his church. We love the idea of it, but we don't love it in its infancy so that we can help it grow into maturity. Well the church well that you're not doing what you need to do. Then help grow it from the baby to the adult. Now I got an amen out of your hideout out loud. I know I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And some of you got offended. What what do you mean that you're doing good? Yes, I'm doing good because I'm allowing God to do whatever he wants through me. That's not prideful. That's not prideful. That's God, do whatever you want to do. Think about it. We read through the scriptures and we say amen to David and Abraham and and, and Moses and and the prophets. They were men and there were women who were saying yes to God. And God's saying, I want to keep writing on the scroll. You are the New Testament. Isaiah 49, this, this, this got me. Verse 13, sing for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. Yet Jerusalem says, or yet the church says, the Lord's deserted us. The Lord's forgotten us. Just stay right there. Don't, don't go on. We do that a lot. I'm not seeing breakthrough. Why isn't the Lord doing anything? The Lord deserted us. The Lord's forgotten us. You know what he says in verse 15? Never. Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she's born? But if even if that were possible, I would not forget you. God gives the illustration of his love for us like a mother loves her baby. A mother's love for her baby is full of the spirit of sacrifice. Now, obviously, I'm not a mom. Thank God. That would be weird. But think about this. From early morning to late at night and right through the night, a mother sacrifices and sacrifices and sacrifices for her baby, getting nothing in return. (laughs) Dang. She endures pain. She endures, can all the women say amen? She endures pain, she endures inconvenience year after year for her child, joyfully expecting nothing in return. And God says, that's how I love you. Even when you give me nothing in return. Even when you commit adultery on me. When you lay with other lovers. That's the nature he wants to impart into us. And and, and I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how thankful I am for my mom, who she gave me the same care when I wasn't even biologically from her. She stayed up through the night to a crying baby and took care of me. And the reason I say that, you know what God calls us? His adopted sons and daughters. That's How much more is it for him to love us when, when we rejected being his from the beginning? Whew. Most believers know only how to love those who agree with them and who join their group. Their love is human according to the ways of the world and requires no sacrifice. Divine love is the goal towards which we should be striving, a sacrificial love. I'm going to sit at a table with you, even if I don't particularly. If you weren't the one I picked to hang out with, I want to sit at your table. And when we don't have that mindset of sitting at the table of whoever, that's why churches have problems with cliques. Because we only want to find who we're in agreement with. Instead of being willing to sacrifice agreement for the potential of growth in someone that you would have never imagined you could have grown from. Acts 4, 32-35, all the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not theirs, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon all of them. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to get to those in need. Now, this is where we turn into a cult, and I say sell your houses and give it to Pastor Kyle. For the record, I'm joking. <laughs> but, but, but listen to this. Do you give when it's deserved? Or have you sacrificed that thinking and embraced a one heart and one mind thinking of their lack is my lack. And their success is my success. Which is why there should be no competition in how churches are growing. Because when they grow, we grow. Amen. Yep. Amen. And they don't really realize it, but when we grow, they grow. And I'm not talking about growth as far as filling a sanctuary with people. Yeah. When we will grow in our authority, they will grow without knowing it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Will you sacrifice your way of thinking for a corporate burn? A corporate burn. There are many times where I've had to sacrifice what I want to say for the corporate burn. A lot of times. <laughs> like every year, about 365 times. <laughs> That's, there's 365 days in a year. Right. S- S- <laughs> St- Stephen, if you don't know anything about Stephen, Stephen was the first apostle that was what? Right. Martyred, Martyr, killed. He was accusing the priests of resisting the Holy Spirit. The priests, plural, which they were. And this is what happened in Acts 7. Starting at verse 54, it says, The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. They shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. I'm going to stop right there. You know what Stephen was doing? Here comes the glory of the Lord. You know what you do when depression sets in? Here comes the glory. You gaze into what's coming, not where you're sitting. How do I get breakthrough? Put your eyes on the glory coming. He saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He told them, look, (laughs) this is funny to me. They're shaking his fist wanting to kill him. And he says, look, I see the heavens open. Can you imagine how crazy he must have looked? He said, you're resisting the Holy Spirit. We're going to kill you. Look, the heavens are opening up the Son of Man standing in the place of honor in God's right hand. And then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. They stoned him and Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charged them with this sin. And with that, he died. Stephen forgave the ones who murdered him. And you're still hung up on apologies, acknowledgement, and caught up in bitterness. Earlier, I mentioned when John twelve twenty four talked about how the kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and it dies, but its death will produce many new kernels. A plentiful harvest of new lives. Well, if you know anything about the story, right after this, Saul was so infuriated at what Stephen did and these Christians that were represented in, Saul's cry, in, in Stephen's cries. He started traveling on the road to a town called Damascus and he had a God encounter. He, he saw Stephen's passion burning for God. And he got mad. so I'm going to go kill the rest of them. And on that road, because of what Stephen sacrificed, on that ro- the sacrifice of Stephen caused Saul to start walking. And on that road, Jesus said, Saul, I'm the one you're persecuting. And long story short, Saul became Paul, an apostle who wrote most of the New Testament, and many lives were saved. Because of one who gave himself in the name of Jesus. Stephen was a stone that looked like Jesus. Why? Because just as Jesus sacrificed himself and said, Father, forgive them. (laughs) What did Stephen say? Father, forgive them. If we would begin to offer up a sacrifice for our lives, our pride, our opinion, our way of thinking, the death of those things would reap the great harvest. Can I keep going? Yeah, yeah, sure. Hebrews 13, verse 11. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy places of sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. Yeah. So also, Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us not go out to him, or so let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace that he bore. Y'all hear that? Bear the disgrace he bore. This world is not a permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. If we are to be identified with Jesus, we must realize something. His sacrifice was considered illegitimate. They weren't killing him thinking that they were sacrificing the land. They were killing him thinking he was a false prophet. They took him outside the city, away from the holy place. And it seemed like what he was giving himself up for was pointless for three days. And I, I, I didn't plan on saying this, but let me say this. He was taken outside the holy place, therefore making the outside the holy place. It's kind of funny. Good one, God. He gave himself, and it seemed like his sacrifice was pointless for three days. The disciples went back, and Peter went back fishing. Right, they, they all went back to their... They didn't know what to do. They were upset. And, and, and even, can you imagine the priest? Yeah, look what that sacrifice did. And so too will be your sacrifice. It might not look like it's doing anything for an appointed amount of time. Lord, heal me. Will you sacrifice the mindset that you're not healed for the mindset of I am even when you don't see physical manifestation. Because it, it, you might not see it for a time. But can I tell you the truth? When you, when you change your mind, your flesh will eventually have to get in line. So when you receive something, I am healed in the name of Jesus, you are transforming your mind in agreement with the Holy Spirit so that your flesh has to follow. Yes. That's why we see things like, Colleen couldn't walk for 20-something years, but the whole time she t- testified of this, she believed she was healed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, earlier this year, uh, I think it was this year, in January, they told me I had a, they, you know, for those that don't know me, I had a brain tumor years ago. They, they told me, you've got another brain tumor. And my, on this side, and, and my first thought was not another scar. <laughs> I know I'm OCD, but I don't need matching sides of my head, right? But you know what? When I walked out of there, I was like, I ain't getting that. I'm healed. Amen. And I only told a few people, and I mean a few people. You want to know why? I didn't want anyone else for the mindset of disagreement. Of oh no, I don't need your oh no. I need your oh yes. Right? That, that's a word for some of you. Some of you have got too many people in agreement with what you're not believing for. Don't, don't give them that power. You sit, don't, don't, well, if Jesus wants to heal you, no, it's not an if, he wants to. Well, will you receive it? Right? And, and then to, uh, weeks later, I went and they said, oh, we must have made a mistake. It's not there anymore. Right? And my, 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 my point, you get my point. We, 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 we have to sacrifice the, the, the obvious um, f- fruit believing that it's growing. Are you willing to go outside the camp of religion and the world for an untraditional way of living that God would burn up and see as acceptable? You go to church on Saturdays? It says this is not our permanent home, meaning the camp that the world is identified in. But our home is a different camp. It's a restored earth. It's not that we're going to spend eternity in heaven. We're going to spend eternity on a restored earth. It says he's going to restore it and take us out of heaven and put us back on the earth. So you know what our call is now? It's not God, please do it now. It's live in the re- that reality now which looks like a sacrifice. Yeah. I'm sacrificing my be- I I am sacrificing my need to get out to be obedient to transform it into what is to come. Some of that went when a circumstance comes your way that is not pleasing to you, stop saying lord come back to change it and start asking lord how do i change it stop waiting the lord stop waiting for the lord to destroy what he's called you to redeem hmm. yeah I forget where it is in the Bible, forgive me, you can look it up, but there's a, there's a place where um, it says that the, the person's hand was being restored, but the word restore there wasn't the same word for healing. It was a word that actually meant a restructuring. In other words, it, they had to bring about a new structure. In other words, fingers that weren't there, the, there had to be a restructuring of the of bones before the flesh could come. There, there was a whole restructuring involved for the thing to be restored. That word restored did not mean get back to what it was. It was create a new structure for what it was to become. And sometimes we pray for restoration with the wrong mindset. God restore me. If you're restored back to what you were, you're going to get back to where you is. He doesn't want to get you back to where you were. He wants to restructure you to a place that won't take you back to where you are. we got to start getting the right mindset of Restoration. Not, Lord, restore me. Lord, restructure me and take me further. That's restoration. I don't know why the Lord put that on me. Hebrews 13, 15. Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Because we can go outside the camp of the natural world, let us... Offer a sacrifice of praise to the priest outside the camp. What kind of praise? Some versions read it as the fruit of our lips. It's not enough for us to think about God. The fruit of a tree reveals the nature of a tree. If you see an orange, you know it's a what? It's an orange tree. So if you never talk about Jesus, you've just revealed your true nature. Or maybe your lack of a restored nature. Like if you only talk about God when you come to church, it, you, you just revealed where, that you need to sacrifice more of yourself because He is not, he is not your natural. Is this making sense? Yes. If all people hear out of you is offense and opinion and you're right to do this and you're right to do that but never hear how good He is, A sacrifice of praise is sacrificing your need to be heard for the chance of His name being heard. Singing is not optional, and it's not just for those who sing. It's a chance to offer God good fruit with sacrifice words. I choose to praise you rather than complain. I choose to praise you rather than complain about volume or style. And no, I'm not picking a fight about volume. We were having a conversation earlier about how we got to get a little bit less volume in here because it's too loud sometimes. I get that. I'm not making a case for loudness. I'm saying, what is the fruit of your lips? Praising God rather than embracing a mindset of I want. not The next verse, verse 16 says, Don't forget to do good and share it with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. The fruit of your lips, doing good, sharing with those in need. Praise isn't the only sacrifice. Do good and share. when it, 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 It's not do good and share when it works for you. It's do good and share. It's not do good and share for those you like. It's those in need. And sometimes the one who speak against you need the sacrifice of your pride. To reap a harvest of humility in their life by way of your sacrifice. I close with this scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, 11 through 14. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, Jesus, Offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. And then he sat down. You know know the work's done when he just sits down. In the place of honor at God's right hand. And there he waits until his enemies are humbled And made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Did you hear that? By one offering, he made those perfect who were being made holy. Everyone that proclaims yes to Jesus, you are perfect in his eyes. While you are being made holy. You know what holy is? Set apart. How are you set apart? Sacrificing the things you're tied to. Sacrifice doesn't make us right. His sacrifice made us right. Our sacrifice is the way that we are being molded into the image that the Father sees us as. You want to know how we'll move from glory to glory? Sacrifice with sacrifice. You want to be on fire? We're worthy to be offered as the offering that he wants to consume. But we got to sacrifice something. Let's become that church. We're not going to become that church by getting the best model or the the best service. I, I, I really, I want you all to hear me on this. I really and truly believe this with everything that I am. That if we would sacrifice and come in and pressing in, worshiping God by way of sacrifice of what's comfortable, we would never have to plan another service ever again. because we would just come together and worship and he would (laughs) something has been highlighted to you tonight that you need to sacrifice that includes me he has shown all of us tonight something that needs to be sacrificed so here's what I'm going to do y'all stand with me the way I'm going to close out tonight, I'm going to say a prayer, but I'm going to do exactly what I said earlier in the message. I want you to take some time with God today. When I, when I pray, if you, need, if you need to go, you can go. But I want to just, Jacob's going to play and worship. I want you to do some business and say, God, this is what I'm giving you. You can do it standing, you can do it sitting, you can kneel, you can lay on the floor, you can walk around the room, or you can go and do it in your car on the way home. I don't care how you do it. But make a commitment to say, Lord, this is what you revealed, and I'm committing to you tonight. I'm giving this to you. And when I pray, I'm going to ask that we keep the talking down. If you want to talk, go to the foyer, go to the lobby, but in this room, Let's let's set this place apart for people to do business with God. Is that okay? Lord, we thank you for this message of sacrifice. And tonight, God, as we move out, as we go out of this place, we just give ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, reveal what we need to give more of so that you can burn brighter, so that we can be on fire for you, God. We're not trying to create fire or style. We're asking fire to fall from heaven by appropriate sacrifice. Reveal to us, God, what you want us to do tonight. Let us come into agreement with you. Let our lives be a living and holy sacrifice for you to do whatever you want through these willing servants. In Jesus' name, amen.